This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon, everybody, for what will be your Twitter mailbag Tuesday of Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your local experts, along for the ride. As you know, he has brought us a ton, and this usually happens. We usually get a much bigger selection of mailbag after losses than we do wins, which is certainly, certainly understandable. So we'll drive you on through here on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, Pete, first things first, um, you obviously were a little more reserved about this. You had talked about this more about, you know, two and four. It's not the worst thing in the world. The ceiling isn't caving in. Uh, and again, we're going to roll into this again here where Seattle's going to have 10 days off after we just face San Francisco with two weeks off. Being more Pete Smith, the voice of reason, everybody get used to that, but being more observant and adherent to the situation and the schedule as they're going through it right now. Well, it's, you know, you can't control what you can't control. And it just happened to line up really, really well for the Seahawks or I'm sorry, the 49ers, it's, it does for the Seahawks as well. Um, and, you know, that's that happens. I mean, you, you, you do this in every sport. You know, you have NBA, you talk about back-to-backs, uh, baseball that, you know, that, that, you know, if you're an East Coast team, that epic, you know, West Coast trip, which, you know, is, is a you know, few weeks long and and you know you're hoping you know you go 500 because it's just it's difficult to do that and it happens in the nfl and it's it's difficult to make the west coast trip on an even playing field it's that much more difficult when you are going against a team that has two weeks to prepare for you and has a very very good coach in terms of offensive scheme and being able to draw things up kyle shanahan was fantastic um and you know, it, it, his issues in the past were never about X's and O's. It was entirely about how you related to the Jimmys and the Joes. And a lot of it was coworkers um, and those type of things. So if he has gotten that part down, you know, the sky's really the limit for how good he can be. So that doesn't, you know, excuse a lot of the things that went wrong. I mean, the, the, thing, the issues they have are the issues they have. But, you know, looking at it, it always sort of set up as, you know, a game they could easily go in and lose potentially badly and be fine. Now, you know, having said that, you do, you know, even with Seattle getting 10 days off and Seattle is a very good football team, you are going home. Uh, you are, you know, coming off, get, you know, getting your, your, your lip bloodied a little bit, your nose bloodied here. Uh, you took a punch in the face. How do you respond to that? And, you know, if they come back and respond well and play well at home, win or lose, you can at least see where the impact is. But, like, let's let's say the Browns come home and they beat the Seahawks and they beat the Seahawks convincingly. Like, we're going to do this whole thing where everybody's going to rubber band into – well, they're great again, all this stuff. And some of it just happens to be how the calendar works out. And it's difficult. And all of this is happening while the Browns are still trying to figure out who they are. And, 
you know, you've got a, a, a head coach who's telling you he's learning on the job. You've got a bunch of young players trying to figure things out. There's just a lot to sort of work through. So, you know, we talked about this in the preseason. They had to learn how to win. Uh, they had to learn how to be good. And that's a bumpy ride, especially in the NFL. So it's not, you know, again, you don't have to like what you saw on on uh, Monday night. It sucked. I mean, it's not fun to watch that level of struggle and, and to get the doors blown off. Uh, but at the same time, like, if you, you know, if, if your reaction is then to sort of go, well, the, the whole thing is over, the season is, is a wash, you know, same old Browns, all that crap. Well, that's, you know, that's reactionary and insane in the moment. There's, you know, the, the, it's not that big of a deal. You, be angry in the moment. You certainly don't like it, but you sort of have to understand how long this season is. And it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's the thing. It's it's an extremely long season, but it does feel like it's going extremely quickly. Um, you know, keep in mind once we hit about you know, the first quarter and a third on Sunday, it'll be a third of the season. But it doesn't mean there's still not plenty of time. It still doesn't mean that that second half doesn't still look as juicy as it does. If you can get Denzel and Gree back here for Sunday, it, it puts you in a much much better matchup. Tony Graziani, Pete. Um, this actually, this is a pretty good one here because we talked about the importance of the interior offensive line for the Browns. Seems like one of Baker, uh, Baker's biggest problems is inability to step up into a pocket. At what point is it okay to at least talk about or wonder about the Olivier Vernon for Kevin Zeitler trade? And look, yes, D end over right guard forever. There's no doubt about that. But that interior core three, if you want to call it, that was a big, big part of the success of this offense over the second half of last season. You can question it. Does it happen? And there are plenty of people who did. I, I don't think it's unfair to wonder if that was the right move in the moment. Uh, I think, you know, you, you make that trade and a lot of it was with the hope that it would sort of figure itself out. Now, ultimately, I, I think, this ends up with Wyatt Teller being your right guard at some point and then him ultimately being able to do it. But uh, you can certainly criticize the order in which uh, Dorsey sort of approached these things. Uh, a, a lot in terms of the offensive line was, you know, we're doing this and, and we hope we can get it going because we're not going to be able to fully address this until after this season. So that's, that was part of it. And you can say that you don't, you, you don't agree with the fact that, you know, they made that move when they did and that they shouldn't have sort of taken away that security blanket and all those things. And, and you're not wrong on any of it, but ultimately I'm taking freaking Olivier Vernon over Kevin Zeitler. And I really like Kevin Zeitler. I think he's a fantastic guard. Olivier Vernon is really good. And, you know, if you want to look at why you you want to uh, take Olivier Vernon and why you, you, you value that position, look no further than what the 49ers were able to do yesterday. You have those, you know, those, those defensive linemen just terrorizing the Browns' offensive linemen uh, in terms of, you know, there was some stat that, like, of the 22 dropbacks Baker Mayfield made, 
eighteen of them were freshmen. Eighty-eight yeah, I mean, percent. Yep. You know that's that's insane, and certainly that's not what you want to see for your quarterback. But it's sure as hell what you want to see to the opponent's quarterback. Uh, you know, and and I, I think Olivia Vernon's fantastic. Um, and 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 I understand that like some of it can be you know you don't see it, um, you're not seeing the stats and all those things, but you are seeing Baker Mayfield on his ass. Um, again, I, I think you can certainly argue with the timing, you can argue with the schedule of it, but I would do that deal every time. And and you know we're sort of eating it a little bit right now in terms of of the product, uh, but I think you know in a year. You know, and and they have to do all these things right. It, it, it's not going to just happen. It ha- they have to make it happen. They have to make this work. If they draft a left tackle, if if Drew Forbes is the guy at right tackle, if Wyatt Teller gets the job done at left ta- or uh, at, at right guard, and you re-sign J.C. Treader, and you've still got Joe Petonio, and all these things are, are are effective, and suddenly you're like, you've got a really nice young offensive line uh, together for several years then all of a sudden you're going to look back and go, man, I'm, I'm so glad that they made this trade, even though, you know, we had to go through these bumps and bruises and it wasn't fun in the moment, but, you know, ultimately it paid off. And now we have this, you know, a Super Bowl contending defensive line, the offensive line's, you know, doing enough that, that Baker's protected. He He's uh, where he needs to be. Nick Chubb is, is running better because he's got more lanes, all those things. Uh, Again, timing-wise, I get it. But in general, I, I love the approach. Um, before we get to our first break here, and I'll go with you here, Pete. Um, th- where the move pays off is is right now, look, Jernard Avery, who we all had extremely high hopes for, for whatever reason, and most of it is, they asked him to put on bulk, and it took away from the explosiveness that he had. You're talking right now, Chris Smith or Chad Thomas – would be a starting defensive end on this team. Your three top three defensive ends would be Miles Garrett, Chad Thomas, and Chris Smith. Um, Kevin Zeitler, guys, you know, like on the show, phenomenal player. You should be able to hopefully find some way to manipulate right guard good enough. But does anybody want to see Chris Smith or Chad Thomas as a starting defensive end? or is a player that's going to see 70% of the snaps in a game, which is most likely would have been the case because of the way they handled Avery. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, food for thought. And look, they're kind of sort of rebuilding the offensive line on the fly, which is tough, which you don't want to do with a second-round quarterback. But it, it, it is where it is. I mean, look, you're always going to give up something to get something. So there's that aspect of it. Pete's going to hit you with the blue chew here, and I've got a great combination of from two of you guys that we'll put in together here in one spot. Right. So, uh, you know, apparently, you know, we are really trying to either breed Browns fans or whatever. <laughs> but it is all about it is or please all about the lady Brown fans. It, it is all about, yeah, trying to make the ladies happy. Uh, it's all about potency, baby. Uh, and consistency, and uh, making sure that uh, you've got a, you've got as, as much in your bed as apparently the Tampa Bay Rays do right now. Uh, blue Chew, that's like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the new FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. 
Uh, they'll take care of you in terms of uh, getting you a prescription and discreet shipping. And uh, you can use the promo code locked on, uh, and they'll help you out on that front. So you can uh, either breed more bronze fans or uh, at least make, make the lady happy either way. Uh, appreciate the folks at Blue Chew uh, desperately trying to uh, make more bronze fans or, or something. Well, the only thing we need after this is maybe a uh, babysitting app to um, come in here to come into play with, you know, obviously the uh, penile function apps or whatever. But, uh, you know, shake saying the long ball. So uh, appreciate the sponsorship on Lockdown Browns. Now, this one here, th- this is good. And actually, we were able to take two in time together here. Um, we get from Adam Cole. How does Baker look so lost this year? Part of that we covered with Kevin Zeitler. It's a little bit different. He needs the that interior offensive line pass protection. Kush. Mm, all right. That's enough with that. Um, uh, one of the most accurate college quarterbacks ever in rookie season was able to thread the needle on so many occasions. And we combine that with from Ryan Cromer. Please explain the lack of slants, bubble screens, running back screen passes. Feels like low-level football knowledge, but those plays work great under pressure. Why isn't the coaching staff seeing this? Pete, I don't – there is no offensive identity yet as far as the passing game. Um, and they still keep kind of forgetting that, you know, and if this is the case, you don't know what your passing game is yet. Uh, maybe a little bit more Nick Chubb early. But they don't truly know where they are yet with this passing game. And we'll get to something here from uh, you know, uh, Mike, a big Mike out in Hawaii. Everybody obviously knows who Mike Kruka is. We'll get to that because there's a lot of sense to that, that the question he has. But they don't know who they are yet as far as their passing game. And that's not good. Well, in terms of route concepts, um, you know, the Browns obviously have – done some slant stuff. I mean, uh, you know, the, one of their big plays has been uh, that RPO where, you know, it's that read the mesh, uh, or I'm sorry, read the, uh, read the linebacker and defensive end uh, while you're meshing. If the linebacker pops, comes forward, you take the slant behind him. Um, I would say in some respects, the uh, offensive passing game is disjointed. Obviously there's been a lot, uh, on the on the fact that you know, it, particularly in the red zone, they've had a really difficult time getting the ball to uh, Beckham and, and Landry and those type of guys. And you're seeing a lot of these passes go to um, Demetrius Harris and you know, obviously Antonio Callaway yesterday. Um, I, you know, some of these things they are doing, and it's just not hitting. Um, others, uh, it seems like. I, I I agree in the sense that I'd like to see Nick Chubb do more out of the backfield in terms of being a receiver. Um, it seems like so often that they, they, they move him first. It's like declaring him as a receiver, which is a little irritating. They have done a lot with the screen game, which has really helped. Um, you know, that's something that you want to keep growing and keep adding to because that is helping uh, do a number of things. Uh, it takes advantage of the fact that Browns have some very mobile linemen, um, helps with some of the pass rush stuff, and obviously Nick Chubb is a weapon. Um, but, uh, you know, so much of it, I, I think this is more about players than plays. 
Um, they have to, and this is on a lot of people, I think they have to do a better job of figuring out how to get Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham on the same page. Um, obviously, in some of these cases, um, you had Odell Beckham uh, last week drop a ball that you know he doesn't drop. You've had Baker Mayfield miss him on some passes that he's, he, he shouldn't miss uh, particularly high. Um, and a lot of those are, are, are really becoming the problem. I, I think you get caught up in some of these other things, and, and you, you, you're seeing all these plays where – you know, they just aren't, they're there and they aren't connecting. It's not like somebody's defending it. It's not anything else. It's just, you have an open man and you have to take that. You have to hit that and you have to, to, to take advantage. Like there are way too many situations where they've schemed things open and just haven't finished. Um, as far as Jarvis Landry, uh, I have been pleasantly surprised at how much better the chemistry has been the last couple of weeks with those two. Um, but some of this is, I think uh, defenses are doing everything they can to force the ball to uh, clearly, obviously not Beckham. Uh, Anybody but Beckham. Yeah. It's, it's entirely, we're not going to let him beat us. Um, And I think in some respects until the Browns can, can prove that. And obviously Landry going off against Baltimore was, you know, part and parcel with that, Um, that, that, you know, that, that was, they they told you straight up you're not going to beat him with and they they went 530 yards without him. Um, that yeah, when you get into the, the play calling stuff, I, I'm more concerned about players as opposed to plays. There's so many ways to do things that'll work, um, and I, it's it's just clicking on the things that they are doing well and just taking full advantage. No, I, I couldn't disagree. I mean, that's the thing is, and, and this is what we've talked about with Baker and going back to what was successful last year is it didn't matter the name. It didn't matter the number. You're open. Here comes the rock. And there is a lot of that this year. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, a lot of not doing that this year. And there is a lot of, you know, the confusion as far as pass rush. And it's a lot more than he's seen as he's been a pro. It'll get better. Not everybody has the defensive line than San Francisco has. Pete, I've got one from our buddy John. Uh, I got one from our buddy John Costco. Nick Bosa. We changed at all? Understand some Nick Bosa? He was great. I mean, I mean he, was, he was an absolute, he was Lawrence freaking Taylor last night. That's where he was at last night. He, uh, you know, he got Greg Robinson. He got Joe Batonio the one time. He got multiple tight ends for some reason. Um, he was great. I mean, there's, what else can you say other than he was dominant? Um, it was, it, it, you know, I, between he was so impressive that like, and part of me so annoyed that, about the whole flag thing that at no point were his history of awful tweets uh, that had to be deleted or the fact that, you know, Baby he Maga. left Ohio State of his own volition after he got hurt. He could have come back and played. So it's sort of like a little disingenuous to me that he's so insulted at the idea that Baker Mayfield would plant the flag and all this. So it's like, on the one hand, he he's, he was so like he's so true. Trope. He's so true blue Ohio State that you know he was a little dinged up and was you know knew he was going to go top five. Yeah, I'm outy. And it, and it's not. Like I, I don't fault him for making that decision. It's just nope. 
interesting that like you're you're this uh, you know you're this offended uh, at this and you did what you did. Um, it felt like an easy excuse to do something he wanted to do anyway. Um, and and you know uh, you know this whole Baker Mayfield thing about all these people all he talks and, and he does all these things which he really doesn't. You know he did exactly what you're supposed to do when he was asked about that. Like what do you say? Great play. That's it. Like. You know, there's this element, like, where you get into this whole Baker Mayfield thing where, like, you know, he does all these, you know, quote-unquote antics. But when you get him, he's the first one to just say, great play. He doesn't, like, cry about it or any of that stuff. He's just like, you know, you made your play, you get to talk. Like, and and that's it. Like, it couldn't feel more fair in that respect. But anyway, back to Nick Bosa. Um, If he can continue to be that good, with what else they have on the defensive line, like it, it, they have a special team, and I'm still not convinced Jimmy Garoppolo is enough. No. Um, but you run the ball for 200 pretty easily, and you can dominate up front the way they did. Um, you know, you, you can you can go a very very long way, uh, and and potentially you know it, it's one of those things where if you get into the playoffs, you know anything can happen, and and they have a lot of things working in their favor that are, that are very, very uh, impressive. But yeah, he was outstanding. Um, you know, well, this the, comes the, down to look, you, Pete will always value interior defensive tackle play. John, obviously and the guys from PFF, they well, value my, the, my issue with Nick Bosa was, you know, he, he didn't produce like in terms of, you know, I, I know PF, you know, John Costco is sitting there looking at his uh, PFF thing and going, well, he had all these, you know, these these metrics that they they value pressures, 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 and all that stuff, and that's fine. And if you go to the three games before he got hurt, he was certainly on pace to sort of meet the production production threshold. Um, I just got fed up with the excuses of, well, uh, you know, he wasn't playing enough, and, and and this, that, and the other. And then you look at the kid there now. And he's not having any problems with that. And they know where it's coming from. And all he's doing is going in there and dominating. And no one's sitting there. There's no excuse that needs to be made for him. And that's, you know, the whole thing was, I want, you know, if your terms of making a resume for a number one overall pick, obviously he went number two, it wasn't there. And a guy like Ed Oliver, to me, uh, had everything that you said, you know, he dominated in terms of production. He, he, you know, his first two years, he was like in Dominican Sioux uh, yep. level production. And then he's a freaky athlete and all those things. So, yeah, I mean, that, that the way I evaluate and, 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 you know, obviously Costco and I uh, don't agree on that entirely. So it's more, you know, fine that he's busting my balls on this. He, he certainly uh, warrant, it's certainly warranted in this case. Um, that is the risk that, you know, the, the, because it, it goes based on these certain metrics that, that you know, you talk about where, you, where uh, you see something that goes, well, I can't make the case. I can't prove that he's going to be a great player. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, that this, this is the risk is that you can miss out on it. If an phenomenal player and for, for, you know, Bosa's sake, I hope he can continue to be great. The big bugaboo with him and the Bosa's in general is uh, health. And yep. obviously, Joey Bosa struggled with that. His father struggled with that, and obviously, he's had some some uh, issues with that. Obviously, the the uh, hernia he had last year, and then a high ankle sprain this year. So, you know, so much of this appears to be a question of if 
so long as he can stay healthy and on the field, uh, his his talent seems to be virtually unlimited. The other thing I thought of when I was watching this game and him dominating were the people who were sitting there going, well, they, they, they're probably going to extend Greg Robinson another year. Yeah. Really? No. Uh, they're going to let J.C. Treader go. I don't think so. Uh, well, I, we'll see about the J.C. Treader part, but they're going to let J.C. Treader go and extend Greg Robinson for another year. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Um, look, and the other thing is you can save money at the left tackle position and get equal play. But that's a story for another day, obviously, guys. Um, and look, you know, Pete value. Look, and the thing with defensive tackle versus defensive end is shorter stance, create more damage quicker. Oh, look at DeForest Buckner last night. My God, he is. Oh, he's so good. But yeah, defensive tackle uh, is is to me. If you can get, you know, the truly, truly special. I mean, it's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's the best player in football. That's simple. Uh, that's of course. Um, at the end of the long week. It's great to sit down, watch some football. What is one of the best things to do if you need a little more action than just football? Just go ahead and build a little on the action. Whether it is game-winning drives, whether it is running backs or wide receivers, running wild in a wide-open secondary for touchdowns. MyBookie.ag, put a little skin on the game, and go ahead, drop a little shells, check it out with MyBookie.ag. Um, the good thing about my bookie is if your initial bet isn't working out well, they have live in-game betting going at halftime. Go ahead and bet the back door, save yourself some money. Um, fantasy over unders, always something you can do over at uh, mybookie.ag, which is great for Thursday night games, Sunday night games, Monday night games. Um, I wouldn't recommend a company to you that isn't good to me or I do, I'm not familiar with. I've been here for two years with Locked On. My bookie has been along for the ride probably longer than I have. So trust me, they're there. You win, you get paid. It's just that simple. The other thing is, is who you bet with is just as important as who you bet on. That's where my, my bookie does, uh, comes in. Use the promo code Locked On. They will match your initial deposit up to 100%. Go ahead, check out MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G dot com. You play, you win, get you get paid. It is literally just that simple, folks. All right, Pete. And now the tall volleyball smashing Mike Krupka from Hawaii brings us some really, really good points here, which I do want to get to here. And let me bring these up real quick because Mike actually brought us some thunder here. And we've talked about this, Pete, as far as you know, the personnel groupings, and, oh, good God. Come on now. There we go. All right. Given Baker is struggling with zone coverage and getting clean pockets from his offensive line, talk about why running 10 or 11 personnel isn't necessarily the solution for the issues we're seeing right now. Are we, again, in an issue we never saw coming? Are we in an issue we never saw coming? First things first, with the 10 and the 11 personnel, Pete, we have never seen the current Browns product of what is their best version of 10 or 11 personnel. Odell Jarvis did not take a snap during the preseason. Callaway, they knew the suspension was looming, the ankle injury. Rashard Higgins obviously dinged up and then played, what, two and a half quarters of week one. 
we continue to harp on playing what is your best 11. And look, 12 personnel, I get it. Farrell Brown's doing a little bit more than we expected. Demetrius Harris, two and a half million, three catches, six yards, one touchdown. Darren Fells, nine catches, 90 yards, three touchdowns, making a million dollars less. John Dorsey had to go out and get some real football players, whatever that is. But it's the point now where, and I, 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 you know, I always go to the baseball type of stuff is lose with your best, um, your best scenario right now till Kareem Hunt comes back and Mike's got a, a second part to this is your best right now is Nick Chubb because obviously with David Njoku injured, your best hopefully this Sunday is Nick Chubb, Rashard Higgins, Jar, uh, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and Antonio Callaway. Those are your five best playmakers, and you say it all the time. Figure out the freaking rest. Well, there's 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 a few things here. Um, first and foremost, you're not surprising anybody with 12 personnel. I mean, I think I think it's firmly established that it's been out there. Um, teams. It's like it, they're it's it. like the safe dinner. It's like chicken and rice at this point. Um, I, I think there's a couple things. Uh, different personnel groups, particularly putting your best guys out there. I, you know, if you were just to make a list of your offensive players, you know, one to, you know, 24, 25, whatever it is, you know, I, I'd be hard pressed to, you know, think that either tight end is, is uh, above 20. Um, so there's the element of you've got way better football players. Uh, part of it is, you know, because you've so, shown so much 12 personnel, it's sort of expected and planned for, you know, give them something else to sort of chew on. And there's other, there's more, there's a lot of ways to do it. You don't have to make it, you know, it doesn't have to be all those guys wide. You can obviously run condensed formations. I've, I've mentioned this any number of times uh, and they do it occasionally. Jarvis Landry can do, some of those things that you're asking those uh, tight ends to do anyway, you're not going to ask him to go straight past pro, but he can ship. He can, uh, he can crack. He can do a few of those things. Hell, they had the one, uh, the one play where they were in like bunch and they had him pull. Like he was a, uh, yeah, like a, we call it a stay pull. Um, but they have, instead of a, in, in, in the stead of a line, uh, a guard or tackle, he was the lead pull uh, up into the hole they, on, on one play they ran. So from that standpoint, again, you're not asking him to freaking, you know, square up a defensive end. You're giving him angles to sort of chip these guys. Uh, you know, in that case, you are li- literally asking him to base block somebody uh, when you pull him like that. But there's other ways to do it. I mean, like, for example, you chip and, you know, chip into some sort of whip or release route right behind, you know, those set things off of play action of that. But, you know, it, it, and some of this depends on health, but, you know, if you've got Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Richard Higgins, Antonio Callaway, Damian Ratley, and I would include Ricky Seals Jones in this, in this grouping because he is, you know, he's, he's a more receiver than he is tight end. And you can do a lot of those things or you can mess around with, with uh, alignment condensed, widened, motion, all those things. And, and if nothing else, you could try to freaking empty out the box a little bit. And, 
you know, see how teams deal with that. Nick Chubb, you know, he can make a guy miss. And I mean, if there's only, you know, one or two guys in the box and you, you, you know, run something that like cuts one of them off, um, then you're going to get up into the hole and, and, and Nick Chubb's maybe on one defender before he gets to the DBs. Um, so much of what I don't think Baker Mayfield struggling with zone. I think he's struggling with pressure. Um, you know, obviously. And part of it though is, is, is like whispers and ghost pressure. Like once you get hit a couple of times, it happens. And this probably is a product of how clean he was kept over the second half of last season. It's, you know, he's, you know, it's weird because like, it was almost like he was like the rich guy last year, as far as the way they played over the second half of last season, he didn't feel nothing, didn't experience anything. And now all of a sudden, you know, you get one like last night, 18 out of 22. Now all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're like the poor guy where it's, it just keeps coming freaking at you. There's no question that's playing into it. Uh, obviously teams had a year to a year of tape to look at. Um, you know, he played 13 games last year. Everybody saw it. Everybody had time to prepare for it. Everybody had time to prepare things for him to, to, to deal with and, and try to be confused on and all of those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, because the fact they have that year of tape, that that's not just a year of tape on him. That's a year of tape on Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard and those guys. And, and, and the things Freddie kitchens kind of like to do, uh, you know, he's not a secret anymore. And all of those things, uh, require, you know, there's the adjustment and now there's the adjustment, the adjustment. And, and again, I know it's frustrating to watch this. And, and certainly nobody wants to see Baker Mayfield get hurt, but it could end up being beneficial if he sort of gets through this and figures it out. Now, having said that, you know, once they get past Seattle and New England, there aren't very many teams that could present that big challenge. And the Steelers twice both uh, do in, in that sense. I, you know, those games are going to be a bigger pain in the ass than I think people realize because of the way their defensive line is so good. But if, if the offensive line doesn't, you know, get remarkably better all of a sudden, and that's not terribly likely to happen, uh, then this is sort of what's going to happen so long as teams the, – the, the issue he's having is teams that can rush four and drop seven are making it hard to figure out where to go with the football. And, you know, when that happens, your inclination is to hold the ball, and, and Baker Mayfield's, you know, instinct is to hold the ball and wait until something happens. He doesn't like to give up on give up a pass until he's damn sure it's not there. And even then, you know, some of those things he'll try to make something out of. So he doesn't like to give up on plays, which is something he needs to learn that, uh, you know, an incomplete pass is better than a sack. A punt is better than a, a turnover. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, this is part of the process of him growing is he's got to sort of make that evolution. And I have no doubt it will happen. It's just a question of when. and, and you know, hopefully it's this season, but, you know, I don't – if he doesn't address this, it's going to linger with him in the same way it is with Jared Goff and Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan for a million years, that they, when you can get pressure on them, they, they, they don't deal with it well. And I think Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott are more similar in the sense that they don't, like, wilt to it by any stretch, but they, they, they don't make great decisions with the football when they feel pressure or they – bet too much on themselves and think they can get out of stuff and they can't. And that's the thing. So 
as, as we go through the season, hopefully he gets better at it. And it's not a case where, you know, we just wait till the linemen get back, you know, or, or replaced or whatever. And they have a great line and all of a sudden it's going to be, uh, you know, great because there may be games where, you know, where it's like the Ravens because they don't can't really offer much pressure. He's going to freaking go out and carve people up. Uh, but it's, it has to get better. If not, it's going to come up and again and again until he ultimately figures it out. I think he'll get there. It's just a question of how long it's going to take. And, and that's okay. Like that's a lot of what this season is. It's about them figuring these things out. It's about getting them, him and Odell Beckham figured out and getting Odell Beckham to be, you know, a dominant receive, consistent receiving threat, uh, the way he has been in the past. It's about, uh, it's about making sure Nick Chubb is, is, is a great back. And if you get all of those things in tandem and working together, then the offense is going to be great. But, you know, in that respect, it's good these growing pains are now because that's what this season is. And you're doing it against your better competition. Obviously, we talk about all the time. The second half slate is nice and juicy. But he's, look, and Baker, everybody, look, I mean, we're hearing fat Johnny Manziel, which is just nonsense. But part of it is he is just a thicker dude now. And part of this is, you know, with trying to take NFL punishment, he's got to understand himself. He is not the elite athlete at quarterback position and, Baker, <laughs> just understand that. And part of it would be maybe is, you know, with your third and fourth and what, who is ever running, running the underneath, you know, underneath routes, so to speak, is, you know, be ready for a stupid scramble drill and, you know, roll to the side or whatever. But him thinking he can roll 12, 15 yards to either side where there's guys who are running four or fives chasing him down, it's not going to happen and you know, and again, throw it to your mom in row 37, live to fight another play. Pete, Browns-wise, league-wise, anything we missed? Uh, I don't think so, uh, <clears throat> other than somebody's, there's somebody trying to dance the Leo, um, some radio host in – the Miami Hurricanes, I guess, considers himself America's most infamous sports radio host, is trying to suggest the Browns are shopping uh, Odell Be- or listening to offers for Odell Beckham and blinks the Patriots, Eagles, and 49ers, which I don't think the Eagles can figure can afford it. I don't know if the Patriots can afford it, especially now. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that's crap, but who knows. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see that happening. And, um, you've seen where Odell has been a success here. Look, uh, would we love to get Odell more involved? And in, yeah, of course. But I, I think what you need to do with Odell is you need to start with the shorter singles, doubles before you start hitting the home runs. And, uh, as far as Richard Sherman and the handshake nonsense. Richard Sherman was being put in a freaking blender yesterday. And I don't want to care that his own coverage and all these 49er fans who are in my mentions today. When his back is to the quarterback, he's never doing his job, guys. Uh, Pete, Browns, Maven, what's the latest? Uh, so today I, uh, there's an article talking about Freddie Kitchens, how he makes himself a very easy target for critics. 
talking about Baker Mayfield's uh, legitimate uh, flaw he has to address, and just some. I don't remember the third one. So you know something along the lines of about uh, about the you guys have no oh, idea the schedule, how... the schedule being a problem. The schedule. The schedule. <laughs> you schedule, guys have no uh, idea how long our days are. But go ahead. Uh, the schedule being, uh, you know, explaining the loss, but not an excuse for why the loss, you know, how the, how the loss happened. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. There's three things. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, people laugh at us for the 15, 16 hour days we put in with everything else we do. Um, uh, Browns Maven, make sure you're checking everything out over there. Pete Brandon Little, am I right? What, he's, he's one of them, yeah. 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 So, obviously, check out Pete Brandon Little over at Browns Maven. At Browns Maven on Twitter through the si.com website. Follow Pete at underscore, uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Locked on Browns, all, all lowercase. DMs are open. Always a follow back account. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. As, you know, we're just doing everything we can. Um, look, nobody, look, we all hoped for a better performance last night. Didn't happen. On to Seattle. With this, we're done. Next episode you get after this will be the crossover episode um, with the Seahawks Maven host. Um, that's it. We'll put a bow on this. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>